0: Hello, it's me. It's Monday evening. It's four minutes to seven, which is an interesting time. Kind of uncharted podcasting waters for me, but we are where we are. Um, and to kick things off, I wanted to read you some excerpts of the Wikipedia page from the 1904 Olympic Men's Marathon. Um... Have I stolen it off a tweet by a girl named Sophia? Yes, I have. But that's what the internet's for. So the first to arrive at the finish line of the 1904 Olympic men's uh, marathon was a man by the name of Fred Laws, who had actually dropped out of the race after nine miles and hitched a ride back to the stadium in a car, waving at spectators and runners alike during the ride. When the car broke down at the 19th mile, Laws re-entered the race and jogged across the finish line. After being hailed as the winner, he had his photograph taken with Alice Roosevelt, daughter of the then US President Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy, um, as his his, uh, close friends would call him, and was about to be awarded the gold medal when his subterfuge was revealed. Subterfuge, good word, um, and I struggled with it. Twice there, actually, which is good. Um, upon being confronted by officials, Laws in- immediately admitted his deception. And despite his claims he was joking, the AAU responded by banning him for a year. He, excuse me, he later won the 1905 Boston Marathon. So clearly no joke. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, secondly, Thomas Hicks ended up the winner of the event although he was aided by measures that would not have been permitted in later years. Ten miles from the finish, Hicks led the race by a mile and a half, but he had to be restrained from stopping and lying down by his trainers. From then, until the end of the race, Hicks received several doses of strychnine, a common rat poison which stimulates the nervous system in small doses, mixed with brandy, hell yeah. He continued to battle onwards, hallucinating, barely able to walk for most of the course. When he reached the stadium, his support team carried him over the line, holding him in the air while he shuffled his feet as if still running. That rocks. I mean, honestly, respect to Thomas Hicks for continuing to shuffle his feet. Hicks had to be carried off the track and might have died in the stadium had he not been treated by several doctors. He lost eight pounds during the course of the marathon. I wonder wonder how hot it was, and I need to run a marathon. Clearly, get myself nice and tight. Another near fatality during the event was William Garcia of the United States. He was found lying in the road along the marathon course. It's interesting that he was found. Are they not kind of? Is it not just monitored the whole way? Anyway. He was found lying along the marathon course with severe internal injuries caused by breathing the clouds of dust kicked up by the race officials' cars. Cool. <laughs> so the officials' cars, who were basically struggling, who didn't find him, that well, they found him after he was lying in the road, um, they uh, were kicking up clouds of dust and he br- br- breathed it all in. Anyway, postman Andarin Carvajal joined the marathon, arriving at the last minute. Um, After losing all his money in New Orleans, he hitchhiked to St. Louis and had to run the event in street clothes that he had cut around the legs to make them look like shorts. Not having eaten in 40 hours, he stopped off in an orchard en route to have a snack on some apples, which turned out to be rotten, that's what you get. The rotten apples caused him to have strong stomach cramps and he had to lie down and take a nap. Fair play. Everyone's lying down as well. This is this is the type of marathon I could be in. Despite falling ill from the apples and taking a nap, he finished in fourth place. So, I mean, did no one run ever until the marathon I <laughs> did no one train? Because um, it does sound like me and my mates um getting drunk the night before and deciding to run a marathon it's sort of that degree of um of prowess in long distance running and lastly the marathon included the first two black africans to complete in the olympics to compete in the olympics two tazwana tribesmen named len tau named rocks and yan mashiani also rocks Len Tao finished ninth, and Masiani came in twelfth. This was a disappointment, though, as many observers were sure Len Tao could have done better if he had not been chased uh, nearly a mile off course by address, by aggressive dogs. Which reminds me of the story that you will have heard in the uh, Alistair Graham Shaw um, Farewell round table, A number of uh, a number of. Weeks ago, now at this stage, um, aggressive dogs. It seems it seemed to be a bit of a feature of uh, of Europe. Stray aggressive dogs. Can't say I've been, um, you know, a um, kind of a, an observer of aggressive foreign dogs. But we are we are. And also, I just realised that that this 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 um, Olympics was in Saint Louis, so it's in America. But yeah. Stray dogs. I um, they're not a feature of where I live. Um, so yeah, I'm not I've not seen them before. But yeah, I I wanted to share that. That's a mad 1905, 1904 Olympics marathon. Um, which, you know, sounds like it was organised and uh, competed within by me and my mates. Um, based on their kind of prowess. Anyway, um, as I said before, it's it's three minutes past seven. Um, Well, I didn't say that before. I said it was like six minutes to seven or whatever. Anyway, it's three minutes past seven now, and um, it's Monday. This feels more of a blue Monday than the last Monday, if I can be honest with you. Um, I had to be up early today for a Zoom won't go into the detail, but it was soul-sapping, um, and <clears throat> the kind of the uh, the problem that we had was that, or the problem I had was that um, I had to be in the office for kind of eight o'clock, basically. Now, normally I'm in the office for nine. Um, I work nine till five, generally I, I leave at about half five. So, you know, I'm I'm pretty relaxed about my current hours. Um and I would say for about five years or so, probably five or six years, I was coming into work at about somewhere between twenty past and half past. <clears throat> so I was used to being I was I was used to sort of getting up and getting showered at about half seven most days and I was pretty fine with that I I'd, I'd achieved a routine that was fine and I'd only started coming to work at nine on the nose when I kind of I had the realization that I could just simply go to work later um and I'm I'm not sure exactly why it was that I was working early I think part of it was that I I used to I I, I was paid overtime so I could start work early and finish work late and I'd get paid for it and that's fine. And then I reached a point where I was no longer getting paid over time and I just figured, well, there's no point in me working for free when I can obviously, you know, maybe even sneak half an hour extra in bed. And alas, that that puts me in this position. Um, So I would say for probably about a year or so, I've now been waking up and and going to work for for 9 a.m. And um, it has put me in this position where I kind of... uh, I have an alarm that's set for 8 a.m. And I tend to kind of do the general faff with the phone first thing in the morning. Um, I put it on charge immediately. Um, I will, you know probably i i tend to do the routine for me i kind of give you a little peek behind the curtain the routine for me is probably I well, I well i put my phone on airplane mode overnight because my phone has my um it has my my alarm clock on it <clears throat> but i don't want to receive any notifications i don't really want to i don't really want to see anything and that and you might think, oh well, that's good. It's nice to, you know, it's kind of good that he switches off. It's not really. I think the reality is that I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to my phone, obviously, like everyone else. And um, the kind of what happens is, I, uh, I have it on airplane mode so that when I flick it off, pardon the pun, um, it, uh, it basically, uh, I get like a little present of all the notifications popping up in the morning, and I feel like I'm a little bit famous. And frankly, it's embarrassing that I've had to, you know, that I've shared that, but that's true. Um, You know, I see my kind of YouTube uh, notifications. um, There's usually all the bits and pieces here and there, Instagram and whatnot, and I just see them, and I go through them, and it's kind of, that's my morning routine. So there's always some kind of YouTube video that that is worth kind of tuning into in the morning um whether it's like new music or something else mad um I, I generally that's what i would do i kind of listen to the youtube video with my eyes closed um and yeah slowly rise and i reckon I, yeah i get ready I get out of bed somewhere between quarter past and 20 past. 20 past is about as late as I can go. And then I shower, get ready, go, fine. Get to work for nine, cool. Um, Today, my alarm was set for quarter past seven. And it's insane the, the difference that that 45 minutes makes in my life. So last night when I went to bed, my, uh, usual alarm was, was still on. And my phone in kind of a bit of a sadistic way tells me how long I've got before my alarm goes off, which I hate. I I really hate the idea of, um, counting down the hours before work. Um, a good friend of mine, a friend that I love dearly, um, has this bad habit of kind of, counting down the hours before work and he reminds me worse worse so when it's like the weekend so if they say oh there's there's 12 hours till work i i hate it i absolutely hate it um uh, because i basically in life in general um i think it's good to without without sounding too preachy, but I think the be- the way that I enjoy my life best is to basically take each moment as it is. And I really despise, um, I don't like knowing about things with, <sighs> in advance, basically. <clears throat> so if it comes to work, if I had to do a presentation for anyone, even important people, I would rather find out on the day of, I think. I I would rather find out on the day of. My ideal time would be, you have to do this presentation at 3 p.m. No, you have to do this presentation at 12 till 1. And you arrive at 9 a.m. and you have until 12 to prepare your presentation. That would be my ideal time. Um... Of course, it would have to be like a reasonable, it would have to be something that I could create that that presentation in that three hours. But I think I'd, I would like that because at that point, right, it doesn't ruin anything for me. I have that three hour period of which I was always going to be working and nothing gets ruined. So not even my lunch hour gets ruined because I just do it. It's 12 to one and then I go for lunch and no matter what's happened, it doesn't matter because it's done now and i've given it my best shot with the 3 hours i had whereas if i found out that i had to do a presentation for basically anyone and it was in 3 months time i'm not sleeping well for 3 months genuinely i'm i'm going to be you know there'll be days i'll have good days in there but um ultimately it will be a uh, it'll be a cloud um over my life, for the three months that I'm aware that I have to do this presentation. And um, anyway, yeah, basically I just don't like advance notice. Uh, for example, I have to go away to London again this weekend. I say I have. <laughs> I've said that in a way as if I don't want to go. And, uh, I don't know, it is what it is. I, I do want to go, but I also... Really enjoy just having quiet weekends occasionally, but whatever. I have to go to London, I have to go to a party. And it's my sister's 30th party, so I can't not go. It is what it is. And I just hate planning things. I don't like things that are pre-planned. Um, and I'm kind of just... So I, I booked my flights yesterday. Obviously, that means, uh, you know... <laughs> I bought them with five days left, so they cost, I'm going to say, four times as much as they should have done. Um, maybe, if I'd have been diligent. But, I don't know. Um, it's one of them. I just kind of prefer doing things last minute. Um, and, Yeah. I, it's a really strange phenomenon. I want to know what it is. I need. This is why I need therapy, really, because I think there's a reason behind it. I think there really is a reason behind stuff. I, I, I have always struggled in my life with things like, um, I get kind of paralyzed by, um, by scale, so. I don't like looking at the big picture of anything. I'm kind of fearful of it. As I said before, I like living in the moment in a way. And let's not, like, I don't want to paint myself out as some bloke who, you know, actually does live for the moment in in my actions. That's not necessarily true. Like, I like living in the moment in quiet by myself in the dark sometimes or playing Minecraft for hours, um, which is something that I've recently rediscovered, um, which is strange because I, I never really got into Minecraft ever, but I've found a little bit of solace um, in an, in the few hours that I've played it um, recently. I've built a bat cave. You know, will it last? I can't imagine it will, but that's fine. It's been a nice three or four hours I've had, you know, um, just mining mindlessly, wasting my life. Um, sometimes you have to do it. Um, but yeah, there, there's presumably some sort of deep psychological trauma that's made me the man I am today and that's why um, I hate looking at my alarm every night because it tells me you have to wake up to go to work in usually it's six hours and 45 minutes and in my mind I'm like okay well that's not enough time to go to to sleep properly thanks phone Um, when in reality it's all my fault but I would as I said I would prefer just to not know I find in general, in life, you know if it's out of my hands i e the creaking hands of time, I prefer not knowing, you know, I just prefer never knowing um so we are where we are with that, um anyway, last night, I set my alarm an hour earlier well forty five minutes earlier, it felt like many hours um I set it. And the sad thing was, as I looked at my normal, my normal uh, alarm, and it was, uh, your alarm will go off in seven hours and 45 minutes. And I'm thinking, that's amazing. I've got 45 minutes to go to sleep here. And if I manage it in 45 minutes, I'm getting seven hours, which is premium. That's A1 sleep. Um, and I'm thinking, this is, this is a great, this is a great time. And then I realized, of course, I have to get up early. You've got seven hours until you, until your alarm goes off. And, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna be, i not going to be, I can't, you know, occasionally you do look at these things and you think, well, if I sleep immediately, I will get seven hours. But as soon as you have that thought, as soon as you let that creep into your mindset, you ain't sleeping immediately. You're not doing it. You are going to, um, you're going to think about it. You're going to be like, okay, if I go to sleep now, I get seven hours. Half an hour later, you're like, well, Six, six and a half hours is fine, but I need to make sure I go to bed now because six and a half hours is only fine. And then you get to six hours and you're like, hmm, six hours isn't great. It's, it's okay. It's good. It's, it's sort of manageable. And you're t- talking yourself, but really, anything less than six. And now we're in, we're in, we're in struggling, uh, we're, we're, we're struggling at this stage then it's five and a half then it's five and then you're just like oh my god well the day's lost here that everything was lost the night's lost the next day's lost and then it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and then you get three and a half hours sleep the next day is horrendous um and it's you're kind of fighting a losing battle so for me the key is to never know anyway let's move on (laughs) uh i wake up today and I feel like I've been punched in the eye, genuinely. Um, I I woke up whenever I, I couldn't sleep last night, because of course I couldn't. Because I saw my alarm, I saw my clock, and I saw that I had seven hours to sleep, within which to sleep. And of course, that then makes me think, right, um, I have to sleep now. And the exact sequence of events that I noted just before happened to me. Great. Um <clears throat> So I get a number of hours of sleep. It's not, I'm not sure. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't, I I have no means to know what sleep I got, but I know it was shite. Um, As I say, my right eye feels like it has been punched, which is funny because, of course, my left eye feels fine. Um, Is it pink eye? There's always potential for pink eye in my world. Um, You know, I don't know. There's always potential for it, but i I suspect it's not the case um because I just feel like I would know if it was um, so i'm only I'm just assuming that it is poor night's sleep, so I feel like I've been punched in the right eye um I'm feeling a bit sluggish um in just a sort of general sense um and I wasn't very good at work i have to say I tried my best and I did a fine days work but uh yes it it just wasn't great none of it felt great <laughs> so yes uh and yeah it's it's just funny it just feels like a worse blue monday than last than than last monday um which was the real blue monday um and it's funny because that monday i felt great I felt really good and I didn't even get to mention it on the podcast because I had recorded the podcast on Sunday, which I think contributed to Blue Monday feeling good because I'd kind of accomplished something the night before and I knew that I didn't have to do the podcast on Monday. Not that not that the podcast is a burden, it's more just sort of, there was no, there's no admin to be done on that Monday evening. I just had the whole day to do whatever I wanted to do and um in addition to that, it was kind of just like, um, I don't know. I felt like that podcast episode was good and whatever. It, it was just interesting. So today was my Blue Monday. Um, and yeah, it's funny as well, because I, I uh, while we're talking about just generally the blues, um, I thought it would be interesting to uh, comment on something that I think is funny. Um, it is that uh, my, my friend Young George and I, you know Young George if you listen to the podcast. If you don't, he's a man called George and he's younger than me, so he's called Young George. He's also adorable. He's a good man and uh, I, I, I love him very much. Anyway, we were having a conversation of late. Like, and uh i forget exactly the context of it but you you can you can you can gather the gist of it uh if we go and basically it was that um i had sa- i would have said something like i just you know i don't know what to do and he said he said to me by the way fairly he said you need to lower your standards this is in relation to girls um and You know, I was hurt by that. I think that's fair. I was, uh, it's a fair comment from him. Um, But I was also hurt because, not deeply hurt, hurt kind of in a funny way. But then also just because I think anyone naturally would just be kind of, um, you know, affronted by the idea of um, you're not as good as, or not even that you're not as good as what you think you are maybe it's even just the perception that you i don't even know anyway as you know because i'm mental uh, you know my 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 mind can take that many ways it was really less it i'm not really that bothered by it to be honest because it is what it is and also my standards aren't that high i don't really even have standards it's difficult to have standards when you you've not set them officially anyway you've not you've not made a play that states your standard in any sense you know the standards that i have are merely hypothetical and never in action (laughs) so it's kind of like you know it is what it is but it is the the funny thing about it is that (laughs) kind of i can find myself uh you know almost hurt by that idea but let me just kind of walk you through you know where i'm at so i've shaved in a mustache and you know that pedophile guy well no he's not a pedophile i shouldn't really say that but you know the pervert from Derek, and i think he's also in afterlife i can't really do an impression of him but he's kind of like let me let me google him um uh you'll just have to bear with me for two seconds um i can't spell derek cool derek with just derek as a d-e-r-e-k is spelled a bit mad um i think yeah it's david earl who by the way in real life looks all right in single moments but yeah he's kind of like the pervert so Actually, he looks pretty good at the moment. He's more handsome than me, which is annoying. Anyway, I look like him in uh, yeah, I look like him in Derek. So if you don't know what he looks like, just type David David Earl Eric, Derek. That's what I look like right now. In in many ways, so I've got I've got kind of long hair which i'm really not sure what i'm doing in terms of commitment wise with it's it's long and it's but it, so it's able to be tied up in kind of a top knot sense um but it's not quite fully long um it's in a it's probably right in the midst of this awkward middle phase um w- which i think anyone who's had long hair knows what that is so where do i go i don't know because the problem is i'm not like a handsome guy so when you have a pervert mustache awkwardly long hair it's an issue it's a problem so you know you're not if you're being noticed by girls you're probably being noticed for the wrong reason that said I went to Costa on Saturday and they wrote my name, Rob, and then sexy man beneath it. So are they taking the piss out of me? Probably. Am I, you know, mental? Yeah. You know, maybe they're just being nice. I mean, I know them. They know me. So I think they are kind of making a joke or whatever. But they wrote that. And I kind of, at the time, was happy with it. But because it's Blue Monday or my Blue Monday, I'm now second guessing it and thinking, hmm, Maybe they're having a bigger laugh about me behind my back. Your boy just needs his dinner, you know. <laughs> I haven't had dinner tonight, so after this, I'm going to have dinner and I'll feel great. I've got a nice little lemon verbena candle going as well right now, so that should settle me right down. But anyway, it is what it is. So I look terrible, and I've had a big Christmas and New Year, so I'm 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 carrying a little extra, shall we say? I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not fat by any real measure. I'm just, I'm in pretty, pretty comprehensive dad bod situation at this point at the age of 26, which is, there's no excuse. Um, so I'm a bit tragic in that sense. And I also, uh, today, um, you know, if there's a good measure of the degree of control and, Um, you know, just how well together I have myself right now at this very moment is the fact that today I had to wear my novelty Christmas underwear to work because uh, I just didn't have any other underwear to wear. Now, when I say novelty, I don't mean like sexy. I haven't worn a thong It is just a pair of kind of boxers, baggy boxers, which, by the way, aren't comfy. And also, they're too tight, which is also, you know, another thing. It kind of makes me feel like, oh, God, you are actually, you know, you're out of shape and you're wearing embarrassing pants. Um, They've just got Santa with sunglasses on um, kind of printed around them. Uh, So that's kind of embarrassing, um, gladly. I'm um, well. I'm glad. I think no one saw them when I used the uh, urinal today, so that's good. Um, but yeah, that's just the sort of state of play. I don't even have any, you know. I don't have an abundance of underwear. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do tomorrow. I I'm hope I I might have to just do an emergency wash tonight. Um, and I suppose that's adulthood, isn't it? That's being twenty six. Um, and yeah, the Zoom call. Uh, my first words on the Zoom call today. Um, bear in mind, um, one of our one of our directors was on the Zoom call, and I think two or three heads of function were on the Zoom call. My first words on the Zoom call were because I was unmuted, and I, st- in my mind, I'm not at fault for it, but I can see how, how it looks like I was because I said the words. My first words on the Zoom call this morning at half eight, were, fuck, can they hear us? Fuck, yes, they can. Or something along, I think it was, fuck, can they hear us? Oh, shit. And then, you know, scramble for the mute button, press mute, all the while, they're all laughing. Now, to be fair, that's uh, probably a, a, a good resolution to that situation because, you know, these people are actually quite good to... They're good people they've got a good sense of humor and they sort of know that I am a bit of a joke character. So they know that it's fine that I've done that. Um, So they were all having a big laugh and I just thought (sighs) I was embarrassed. It it was embarrassing because I'm sat there in my, in my, in my novelty Christmas underwear. Obviously they don't know that. Um, I fucked up on the mute and um, yeah. And I've had no sleep and I look like I've been punched. And I also look like a pervert with bad hair you know i look like the bloke off Derek. so when you box all that together and your mate says maybe you should lower your standards perhaps he's right <laughs> anyway i'm gonna have dinner um and don't worry by the way i feel fine this is just all a bit of a laugh um but yeah um, just remember to be kind to yourself, though. Don't be like me. Don't record a podcast and, and besmirch your yourself. I don't even know if besmirch is really the word, but I think it yeah, it, it, it'll go. Um, yeah, be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people. Have a lovely week ahead. Um, I'm I'm going to go to London on Friday, and I'll be coming home on Sunday. So presumably, I've got to record the podcast about it. Um, I'll let you know how that goes. Um and yes, until next time, goodbye.